Hello, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to Perplexity, a mystery podcast, and I'm your host, Kadra. I hope you guys had a great Christmas. Thank you so much for being here. If you missed it, last week I released episode three, which was a very interesting episode, and it was also my very first episode about a cryptid. So it was all about the Goat Man of Maryland. You definitely want to go back and listen to that. It is a shorter episode, but it's such a wild and disturbing story. If you like what you've been hearing so far and you haven't done so yet, be sure that you leave a five-star review on Spotify. It's super easy. You don't even have to type anything. You literally just click the star rating option when you pull up the podcast. Be sure you follow the podcast so you know when new episodes are coming. I now have a Gmail account as well, so if you have topic requests or you want to share a crazy story with me, you can email me at perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. Send those topic requests and I will add them to the queue. I heard this story recently on a podcast that I've been absolutely loving lately. It's called Drinking the Kool-Aid, and you definitely should check that podcast out if you've never heard it. They are the ones who actually inspired me to start this podcast. It's uh, Amanda and Cassidy. They're great. They do really awesome stories. And they just recently did this case. (laughs) Uh, So as soon as I heard this story, I immediately was like, oh my gosh, this has to be the next episode of Perplexity. It's such an insane and terrifying story. So really excited to share this with you guys. Uh, My sources for today are BBC News article by Lucy Owen, Drinking the Kool-Aid podcast, and it's episode 137, a radiotimes.com article by Thomas Ling, a mirror.co.uk article by Joanne Rowney, and historymuseum.ca. There's also an eight-part podcast series called Witch Farm, and it's all about this case. It was made by BBC, so if you want to learn more, definitely check that out. This is the story of the haunting of Hial Fanag, also known as Hellfire Farm. This story takes place in the late 80s, and it goes into the 90s, and it takes place in Wales. But let's talk about some people first. So first, we have to talk about this guy named Bill Rich. Bill was a talented artist who did contract work. He was living in South Wales, and he had recently gotten divorced. It sounds like his first marriage ended pretty badly, unfortunately. So from this first marriage, he has a teenage son named Lawrence. And not long after his divorce, Bill actually meets another woman named Liz. Liz is an herbalist, and they fall in love, and they get married pretty quickly, and Liz becomes Bill's second wife. Bill and Liz spent their honeymoon in Egypt, and one of the many sites that they went to was the Pyramid of Cheops, and the pyramid has some interesting history, of course. I mean, it's, it's an ancient pyramid, but it's said to be guarded by the ancient Egyptian god Horus. Horus is said to be a cryptid, and he has a falcon head and the body of a man. He's said to be a god. He is the son of Hosiris and Isis, and Horus is known as the divine child of the holy family Triad. His name means he who is above. 
People who believe in Horus say his body represents the heavens and his eyes represent the sun and the moon. Egyptian kings believed that they were descendants of Horus and that Horus was the first divine king of Egypt. One of the other things that Horus supposedly does is he protects the tombs from unwanted visitors. So like I said, Bill and Liz go to Egypt and they visit this pyramid of Cheops. Inside the pyramids are these tombs that Horus is said to protect, and Bill and Liz start to explore these tombs a little bit. Liz goes into a tomb, and she has an interesting experience. She claims that she saw what looked like bouncing balls of light, almost like lasers, bouncing around the tomb. When Liz sees this strange phenomenon, she gets Bill to come look at it as well. However, he does not see the lights that she can see, but he does feel a strange and dark presence come over them suddenly. So both of them quickly begin to feel uneasy and they decide to leave the tomb, probably a good idea, (laughs) but they don't talk about this again and eventually they go back home to Wales. Some time passes and about a year later, Liz and Bill welcome a baby boy into the world. They name him Ben, and with their family growing, Bill and Liz decide to move to a new home in the beginning of summer in 1989. So with Bill's 14-year-old son, Lawrence, and Bill and Liz's newborn, Ben, the rich family moves to a farmhouse called Heal Fanog in South Wales. Now, Heal Fanog is specifically in Brecon Beacons National Park, And I looked up Brecon Beacons, and it's, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It looks like Narnia. Of course, it's in Wales, but it's just these insane, beautiful, lush, green, rolling hills, uh, waterfalls, beautiful water features. So it's a very pretty national park. So they lived in this area, and they basically get this really big farmhouse. The property consisted of the farmhouse and two other barns, and Bill actually converts one of the barns into an art studio where he can paint and continue to commission pieces. So things seem to be going really well for the Rich family. They've got this beautiful house, they're newlyweds, they've just had this baby. What could go wrong, right? Bill's doing well with work, he's making great commissions on his art, Liz is loving motherhood and taking care of their new son, Ben, and they even get some farm animals to keep them company. However, when summer came to an end and November of 1989 arrived, strange things started to happen at Heol Fanog. So one night, Bill gets up in the middle of the night because he has to pee. So he goes to the bathroom, and while he's doing his business, he hears what sounds like footsteps running along the landing above him. He tries to justify the noise at first, thinking maybe Liz just got out of bed, but then the footsteps grow heavier and heavier and faster and faster, and eventually these footsteps sound as if they're running at full force down the stairs. The footsteps, Bill said, were so loud that they sounded like they were coming from someone wearing hobnail boots. So I had to look these up. 
no idea what they were. Um, but hobnail boots, they basically look like these combat boots with like steel nails in the sole. And they're used for like hiking, kind of like a steel toe boot, but they're combat boots. So it's, it's that loud. And this startles Bill so badly that he runs back into their bedroom. And this is where he finds Liz, but Liz is sound asleep. And then Bill wonders, well, maybe it could have been his son, Lawrence. Maybe he was doing something weird, you know, being a teenager. But when Bill goes to check on Lawrence, he's also sound asleep in bed. So the next morning, Bill tells Liz about these strange footsteps that he had heard last night because she did not hear them at all. And while they're chatting, he's looking through the mail. And when he opens one of the bills, he is shocked at what he finds. So it's an electricity bill, and the amount is astronomically high. The bill is for 750 pounds for just one quarter or like two to three months um, of electricity use. This would be about 2,000 pounds in today's money or a little over 2,400 U.S. dollars. An electricity bill for a property their size should have cost about 100 pounds at the time. So Bill is super confused and pissed off, obviously. He doesn't understand how this bill could possibly cost this much. And Liz also says that this bill is so high that even if they had left every single light on on the entire property and turned on every appliance for like 24 hours a day, it still would not explain the amount that they had to pay. It shouldn't have even been half as much money if they did all of that. Immediately, Bill calls the electricity company to dispute the charge. And while he's doing this, Liz realizes it's time to go feed Ben. So she goes upstairs where the nursery is. So when she gets upstairs to the nursery, she closes the door and she starts to feed Ben. All of a sudden, she hears the sound of a door slamming in the hallway. This startles her, but she thinks it might just be Bill or Lawrence. You know, Bill's on the phone. He's upset. Maybe he's slamming doors. But then, pretty quickly after, she hears another door slam. And this time, it sounds like it's closer. It's, you know, louder. Finally, the third sound of a door slamming is so loud and so powerful that it actually rattles the dresser in the nursery, causing some items to fall off of it. But the door to the nursery was never opened. It was shut the whole time, even though it sounds like the door that slammed was right in front of her. Over the next few weeks, more and more things begin to happen. The next thing that they notice is there's this distinct smell in the house of sulfur. This smell would randomly appear and disappear throughout the day. A little later, they also begin to notice that not only are they smelling sulfur, but they're also smelling some type of incense smell. And in a lot of the rooms in the farmhouse, the temperatures are wildly changing. So all of a sudden it'll get really, really cold and then it's really hot. So Liz and Bill obviously find this very strange. And one day, Liz is out in one of the barns and she notices these bouncing balls of light. She says that these looked very similar to the ones that she saw in the Pyramid of Cheops. She calls Bill and Lawrence to come see these lights, but by the time that they get there, 
the lights are gone. The next thing that the Rich family starts to notice is a weird whirring sound throughout the farmhouse. And this noise goes on for several days until finally they follow this noise to the electricity meter. The meter is going crazy and spinning nonstop, almost like it's experiencing a very high surge of energy. So this is when Liz and Bill start to wonder if maybe the meter to the farmhouse is broken, and that's why the electric bill was so high. So they decide to call an electrician to come look at the meter, but when the electrician comes out to look at it, he says the meter appears to be perfectly normal and functioning properly. So this is when Liz wonders if maybe the bouncing balls of light that she saw in the barn have anything to do with this high electricity use. So by December, Bill and Liz have had enough of all of this, and they start to openly talk to each other about the strange things that they've been experiencing at the Heolfenog farmhouse. They talk about how they feel heavy and uneasy, They feel this presence in the house all the time, like they're being watched all hours of the day. Not long after this, Bill begins to not only have a very hard time finding work, but he's losing clients left and right. People are calling him and canceling orders for seemingly no reason, and he can't get anyone to buy his art. So this puts the Rich family in an even more difficult financial position. Not only this, but they start to have car trouble too. Every time Liz or Bill goes to start their car, it either won't start or their battery to their car is completely drained. This even happens to other people's cars when they come on the property. Then strange things with their farm animals start happening. So remember earlier in the story, I said when they got this farmhouse, they got some farm animals as well. One of the animals they got was this cute little pig named Lucinda, and Liz describes Lucinda as being incredibly affectionate. She acted a lot like a dog, and she kind of became the family's pet, so she would like come in the house at night and sleep there. She would cuddle with them, and they loved her very much. But one day, while Liz is out in the barn with Lucinda feeding her, Lucinda's behavior suddenly becomes very erratic and strange. Lucinda attacks Liz to the point where Liz is bleeding. So Liz freaks out and runs out of the barn screaming. And Lucinda continues to act like this for several years. We'll get more into this later, but these weird happenings, they go on for years at this house. So since Lucinda has continued to act like this, It results in the Rich family having to lock Lucinda away and keep her out of the house. Some of the other animals on their farm also start to act really strange. A lot of the animals started getting sick, and some would even die for seemingly no reason at all. They had two cats, multiple guinea pigs, a dog, and an entire herd of goats that all randomly died. What's also really strange is that they had uh, neighbors at these other neighboring farms that had animals as well. When their animals would give birth, a lot of the animals were born deformed and blind, and some even died. And again, no one could figure out why this was happening. 
The Rich family also starts having other problems with appliances in their house. In one of their bathrooms, the toilet wasn't working right, so they called a plumber. And when the plumber comes over, he tells them that he was actually really reluctant to come to the farmhouse because the last time that he came to Hialfinog, he had a really strange experience. So the plumber says that this happened in the 1950s. So he must have been an older guy doing this for a long time. But he told the Rich family that when he came to Hialfinog Farmhouse in the 50s, he met the prior owner, he installed radiators for her on the wall, and the next day, the homeowner called him, and she said that all of the radiators had come off the wall. The plumber was obviously really perplexed by this. Haha, <laughs> perplexed! <laughs> so he was very perplexed, and he doesn't understand how this could have happened, because he installed all these radiators like into the wall. It doesn't make sense that they could have just fallen off, right? So he comes back and he takes a look at what happened and it looks like all these radiators were ripped from the wall. So he reinstalls them and he leaves, but the next day the same thing happens again. And this happens several more times until eventually the plumber just basically gave up and he refused to go back. So this was the first time he had been back to Hjolfenog since that happened. With all these scary and unfortunate events, the Rich family becomes desperate for help and they start reaching out to local priests. Liz said that this seemed to help for a while, but then, about two months later, in February of 1990, the creepy things in the house start to ramp back up again. During all of this, Liz becomes pregnant with their second child. And while Liz is pregnant, she goes out on a walk with Ben. So Ben's like a toddler at this point. And when they're walking back to the house, Liz sees the face of an old woman staring at her from the nursery room window. Liz freaks out, immediately runs into the house from their walk. She runs up the stairs, flings open the nursery room door, but of course, there's nobody there. So Liz is once again on edge, and to make matters worse, she's also feeling really isolated. So she's staying at home, raising Ben, she's pregnant, and Bill is spending a lot more time away from the house. With the stress of being out of work and all the strange events at the farmhouse, he's been getting drunk at the local pub. This is when Liz and Bill's relationship really begins to be affected, and they start fighting more. They even start sleeping in separate bedrooms. So at some point, they bring an exorcist to the house named John Ashton, and this happens because Bill claims that Liz appeared to be quote, temporarily possessed. So Bill says that Liz started speaking in a manly voice and that her face was twisting and her voice sounded, quote, crackling and incredibly old. Liz claims that she remembers nothing about this. So let's talk about Lawrence for a minute, Bill's son. At this point in the story, Bill's son Lawrence is a teenager up until all these strange events started happening at Hjolfenog, Lawrence would have been described as like a typical teenager, and his relationship with his parents was fine. Some people say that he was a bit weary of Liz, his new stepmom, when 
Bill and Liz first got together. But Liz says in some interviews that their relationship was fine. As these things start to happen at the farmhouse, Lawrence's behavior changes and he starts to become very angry, aggressive. He's more withdrawn. And the other really creepy thing is Liz says that at one point, Lawrence started to speak in different tones of voice. So sometimes his voice would get really high. And then other times his voice would get really low and like guttural, very unsettling. And with all of this, Bill has become convinced that Bill or Lawrence is possessed. And this also causes Liz and Bill to fight more because Liz thinks that Lawrence is just acting out more. He's just being a teenager or maybe it's puberty with his voice changing. Now on another occasion, Liz is putting Ben down for a nap and she sees the same old woman in the corner of the room watching them. She sees her like out of the corner of her eye. So when Liz turns her head to stare at the old woman, she feels a really sad but also calming energy. And this surprised Liz. And it also confirmed for her that whatever had been happening in the farmhouse, it wasn't coming from this old woman, but from something else. With these sightings of the old woman, Liz becomes curious and she decides she needs to learn more about the history of Heel Fanog. Not too long after this, Liz finds a friend that is willing to help her research the farmhouse. She's like really interested in Liz's story. And she's like, I will help you figure this out. She starts researching every single day at the library. And one day, this friend shows up to Bill and Liz's farmhouse. She says that she found something. So the woman hands Liz a photo that she found. It's a photo of a woman named Marianne Holborn. Liz's friend says that Marianne Holborn is the woman who used to own the property back in the 50s. When Liz sees the photo, she immediately realizes that this is the same old woman that she's been seeing in the nursery. This is when Liz wonders if maybe the old woman is there to try and protect the farmhouse from whatever else is there, or maybe she's trying to protect the rich family or warn them. So as Liz and her friend begin to research the house more, they also find out a lot more things. Basically, every single thing that could possibly go wrong at a house or make it haunted (laughs) is what they find. They find out that there was a really gruesome murder that took place at the farmhouse in 1848. An 18-year-old farmer named James Griffiths was attacked by a man named Thomas Edward, who was 23. And Thomas Edwards whacked James with an axe in the head before burying him near the farm. Liz and her friend also find out that Heolfenog was a common place where a witch's coven used to go and meet. The grounds at the farm also used to be a private burial lot, so when they constructed the farmhouse, the builders, for whatever reason, thought that they should just destroy these gravestones. So they destroy the gravestones and they ground them up to build 
the house, which how much more disrespectful to the dead can you be? (laughs) So with all of these sightings, and with all this new information, Liz brings in multiple priests, and they come in, they try to bless the house. Bill also brought in mediums and psychics, and the Rich family even would bring people to perform exorcisms. And Hjalfanag would eventually become known as the most exorcised house in the UK. But no matter how many people they brought to this house, no matter how many experts, nothing was working and the dark energy in the house continued to loom. A little while later, Liz and Bill welcomed their new daughter, Rebecca, with young children in the house and continued stress and strife on their marriage. The rich family becomes more and more desperate to find answers to what's happening. Eventually, they bring in one medium who says that Lawrence is actually the issue and that he's being possessed. And the medium says the only way to stop this is to send Lawrence away to protect him. So this is when the rich family actually sends Lawrence off to boarding school. But after they do this, things continue to happen at the house. Also, when Lawrence leaves the house, Bill's personality starts to change. He's drinking more and more, and his paintings that are usually colorful, scenic, very positive, calming. The paintings start to become really dark and creepy. The paintings even had sometimes what would later be identified as satanic symbols. So one day, one of the rich family's neighbors comes to the farmhouse and talks to Bill. And the neighbor actually asks Bill about an art commission. He asks Bill if he would be willing to do a painting of their prized horse, Echo, that they could hang above their fireplace. So Bill is ecstatic, obviously, because he's been having a really hard time getting work, and he knows how badly they need the money, so he immediately agrees and takes the job. And so the neighbor gives him a photo of their horse, Echo, and Bill is so excited that he gets to work right away. So he starts to walk all around the property looking for a perfect backdrop to inspire him. And he wants to paint this backdrop and then paint Echo standing in it. Eventually, he finds a really nice spot and he pulls out the photo of Echo and starts painting. But while he's painting the horse, he starts to get frustrated because he's having a lot of problems for some reason painting the back leg. So for some reason, even though he's painted things like this before, every time he tries to paint Echo's back leg, it's not looking right. It looks crooked. It's just not laying right. So he keeps having to paint over it over and over and redo it. But no matter how many times he redoes it, it's just not looking right. Eventually, he gives up and he decides that this is just as good as the portrait is going to get, basically. And he gives it to the neighbors, but the neighbors love it. Just a little while later, the neighbor calls Bill and the neighbor tells Bill that Echo fell and broke his back leg. Not only this, but when he broke his leg, he became incredibly sick and died. Not only this, 
But the neighbor says Echo died in the exact spot that Bill painted him in. And he was too big to move, so they had to bury him in that spot. So when I heard this part of the story, my jaw was literally on the ground. That this was when I was like, oh, I'm doing this story a thousand percent. Can you imagine? Is that not one of the creepiest things you've ever heard? I I can't. So when all this happened, this enraged the neighbors so much that they actually burned the portrait that Bill had painted and they never spoke to Bill again, which I kind of feel bad for Bill because like it's not really his fault. You know, he obviously didn't know that was going to happen. But I also think like how creeped out would you be if something like that happened? I probably wouldn't talk to him again either, even if I wasn't angry with him. I just, I wouldn't want those bad vibes, you know? So a while after this happens, the same medium that recommended the rich family send Lawrence away actually comes back to the farmhouse and the medium apologizes, saying that they made a mistake and it wasn't Lawrence who should have been sent away. So the medium says that he had another vision, and this time it was a flashback, and he claims he sees a bunch of witches in a circle performing some type of ritual. And the medium admits that while he doesn't know exactly what this ritual means, he does know that the events at the farmhouse have nothing to do with Lawrence and actually have everything to do with Bill. So the events at Hjolfenog, of course, continue to escalate. Bill and Liz start to wake up with physical injuries. They're also both having nightmares every night, and they start seeing things. So Liz claims that she started to see a seven-foot-tall, black, shadowy figure walking around the house. And one night, when Liz was in her bedroom, because remember, they're in separate rooms now, Liz started hearing this really loud snarling noise, and it sounded like it was coming from under the bed. And the Rich family had just gotten a new cat, so she just thinks it must be the cat. So Liz is like, hey, stop it. But the snarling continues, and finally she looks under the bed, but nothing's there. The snarling is still going on, and eventually she realizes that it sounds like it's coming from outside of her window but she was too scared to look outside. Bill claims that he's also seeing a figure walking around the house, but the figure he sees, he says, has the head of a falcon and the body of a man, just like Horace. He's also having nightmares of a beak or a hooked nose figure. Then there are these other figures that Liz and Bill say that they're seeing sometimes. At some point, Liz claims she saw a man who looked like he had been in a car crash. He was missing half of his face, and there was blood all over him. In the articles I read, it doesn't say this, but I feel like this could have been the boy that was murdered in the house in 1848 because he was killed with an axe. So it makes sense that it looked like he was missing half his face. And Bill also reports that he started seeing a beautiful woman. And one day, this beautiful woman beckoned him to the kitchen. One of the experts that the Rich family brought in said that this woman would have been the spirit of seduction. 
and that Bill just had a lucky escape from her. So between all these sightings and now physical injuries, the Rich family decides in the middle of the night that they're just going to flee Heolfinog. So they pack up any essential belongings and they drive 50 miles away to Liz's mom's house for some relief. But the night that they get there, when Liz and Bill are sleeping in bed, they have the baby monitor next to them and they start to hear this incessant talking. And when they wake up, they realize this voice is coming from the baby monitor. Liz tells Bill to go check on the kids, and so he does. And while Bill gets up and he's in the room with the kids, Liz continues to hear this talking. But the kids are sound asleep, and when Bill comes back, Liz still has the baby monitor up to her ear, and the voice is still talking. Liz described the voice to be a woman, but that the speech was incoherent. Eventually, the Rich family decides to just go back to the farm because now they realize whatever this thing is, they can't get away from it. It's attached itself to them. So now by this point, the haunting of Heolfinog has been going on for six years. So after six years of sightings, strange noises, loss of work, electricity issues, dying animals, etc., Bill turns to Liz and says, I have to tell you something. The whole time, Bill has been keeping a secret. Bill begins to tell Liz that when he was a teenager, he met a man named Alex Sanders. Alex Sanders was Britain's proclaimed king of witches. Sanders convinced Bill to become a witch, and Bill thought that this would bring him prosperity and success. He knew he wanted to be an artist, so Bill agrees to this, and he ends up doing a ritual with Sanders and these other witches. And they put Bill in the middle of this circle during the ritual. Sound familiar? But halfway through the ritual, Bill kind of realizes what he's doing and he freaks out and he decides he doesn't want to go through with it. So he flees the ritual and he runs away. So I looked up Alex Sanders and he was the literal founder of Alexandrian Wicca, which is a type of Wicca that was established in the UK in the 1960s. So he was kind of a big deal. I also thought it was kind of weird that Sanders actually died at the end of April 1988. And that's like just one year before all of this started happening to the Rich family. So I thought that was a little weird. Now Liz (laughs) is understandably pissed. She cannot believe that Bill kept this from her all this time. Because you would think that with all of this going on for the past six years, you would want to offer any information or try to figure this out. But he held this in all this time. However, the one good thing to this is now they know the potential cause. So they decide to bring in a different type of expert. And they bring in this guy named Eddie Burks. And Burks is pretty well known. He was actually on a ghost hunting TV show back in the day. And 
when Burks comes to the house, he says he knows exactly what the problem is and that the reason they couldn't get rid of this entity is because it's not a Christian entity. So the priests that were coming and trying to bless the house and do these exorcisms, apparently those types of things only work on Christian entities. So Burks is very confident. He tells the rich family not to worry and that he can expel this thing. So no one knows what Burks did exactly or how, but whatever he did, it worked, you guys. <laughs> All of the activity at Heolfanog immediately stopped. Lawrence eventually comes back from boarding school, and life starts to go back to normal for them. Liz and Bill's marriage sadly does not survive. They get divorced. And actually, a few years later, Bill actually passes away. So Rebecca and Ben, who are Liz and Bill's children, have since grown up, and they've actually done some interviews where they've said they remember seeing figures, and they remember seeing an old woman watching them when they were sleeping. There is a docudrama on C4 that became pretty popular in the UK in 2018, and it's called True Horror. And the first episode is all about Hjolfenog. So that is the story of the haunting of Hjolfenog, also known as Hellfire Farm. One of the most insane and terrifying haunting stories I think I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's also interesting to think about why this could have happened. There's so many weird elements to it, because I mean, the house had so much history. And then Bill has this unfinished business with the literal king of witches. And he probably opened some type of portal or door during all of that. I feel like whatever energy Bill had attached to him from that experience, when he went in that tomb in the Pyramid of Cheops, Horace was probably really angry. And so it was just all a perfect storm. So a lot of people think that they could have been haunted by Horace, but I don't know. The story just seemed so crazy and intriguing to me. I had to share. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, tell your friends, tell your family, share the episode with a couple of people. Please leave a five-star review if you haven't already on Spotify and be sure to follow the podcast so you know when new episodes are coming. And if you have a story, if you have topic requests, you want to share any crazy stories with me, don't forget you can now email me at perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com and I will add your story to the queue. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye!